Welcome to Inner Force. Your host is Angela King. Inner Force is all about using the tools within you to be a better leader. If you are looking to build a better business, connect more effectively with others, and become the leader you've always wanted to be, it's time to unleash your own inner force. Now, here is Angela King. Welcome. I'm Angela King, and this is Inner Force. Today's episode is the beginning of a journey and an opportunity to discuss an overview of what this is, why it matters, and how we can step in. The mission of the Inner Force show is to help create a set of practices to use in the midst of our busy lives that will do three things. Number one, help us build the connection to ourselves and to our inner force. Second, to regenerate the state of our inner world. And three, to generate fuel for us to bring our contribution out into the world. So what is our inner force? We define it as our deepest, most authentic self and the source of our vitality. Inner force houses our deepest truths, our most tightly held values, and our intuition. And it is, of course, already within each of us. Now, we're all super busy, so why engage in this process over something else? What can we gain from it? Ultimately, building the connection to ourselves saves us time by keeping us on track to manifest what we intend to in the world. As we all know, there's so many things vying for our attention and so many ways to distract ourselves. Often, the last place we spend time is with ourselves. In our increasingly ever-connected world, we are both always connected to our devices and social media, and at the same time, searching and reaching for connection with others. And of course, meaningful connection with others is critical for our well-being. And yet, what is also true is that the beginning of making meaningful connections with others begins with cultivating and fueling a meaningful connection with ourselves. When did you last stop to connect with yourself? What you want, what you need, why it is that you do what you do and make the choices that you make? When was the last time that you considered what actually makes you feel energized versus something that happens to be on your to-do list? One of the central questions of the inner force process is do you have a set of practices that cultivate and strengthen and maintain your connection to yourself? And how do you reconnect with yourself when you've lost the connection? Through this process, we'll bring attention to the connection that we have with ourselves. We'll help build a set of practices that fosters that connection. And we'll learn what works for each of us personally to fuel the connection. The outcome of all of this is that we'll know more clearly what changes we want to make in the way we show up. We'll feel more empowered to make those changes. We'll have more capacity and resiliency along the way and ultimately feel less stressed. This is an invitation into more of yourself. Now, you might be asking yourself, will this process make you a better leader? My answer to that is yes. And leading during challenging times requires finding capacity deep within ourselves. This is an invitation to tap into already what lies within, unleashing more power, creativity, and energy. This process helps us reignite the flame that is the source of our vitality, our wisdom, and our inspiration. Now, accessing inner force requires development of a skill that we may or may not have, which is the skill of self-attunement. You may have heard of attuning to a child, how we know and anticipate what a child needs. Those of us who are parents, of course, do this every day. This is a similar principle turned in towards ourselves. 
So we define self-attunement as a physiological and emotional sensing of one's own current experience, rhythm, mood, and needs. And it's a skill we'll be cultivating over the course of the inner force process. When access to our inner force is there, we can have a palpable experience of it. We are clear about what we need in order to accomplish what we want in the world. We can more easily access our truth, which means we can then take the step to speak it. We can more easily access our most tightly held values. And in order to act in alignment with our values, of course, we have to know them. Once we know them, and we can easily access them in difficult situations, which of course can be the tricky part, we have more ability to make choices based on those values, no matter what situation we find ourselves in. Along the way, we will have more access to our creativity and our deepest levels of inner intelligence. Now, again, some of you might be saying, okay, well, this sounds great, but I don't have time. There's too much to do during a day. I'm exhausted. I can't add one more thing. I hear that a lot from people I coach and work with. And as a single mom who's also an entrepreneur, I really get it. But here's the thing, and this is maybe a secret that many of us don't know, that our inner core is actually full of resources. These are inner resources. And when we have access to these resources, we have access to so much more of ourselves. And it's always here, just waiting for us to turn our attention to it. It's already within us. There's actually no need to search for it outside ourselves. It's right here. It is our home base our superpower, our flame. And sometimes we can only feel it as a slight flicker. And at other times we can feel the flame burning brightly. Tapping into the force requires presence. Presence is what fuels the force. This work and this process is about creating the ground for the force to flourish and to thrive. Just by our very attention, we can give ourselves the fuel we need to ignite our inner flame. Now, for some of us, access to the force may be clear, clean, and direct, or for others, it may be obstructed in various ways by fears and by habitual patterns that do not support or even allow direct access to it. So the way that we can step into this process is through accessing the three main centers of our being, our head, our heart, and our body. And through these centers, throughout this process, we'll take up a series of explorations, experiments, and inquiries that results in making the unconscious conscious. We do this by engaging in new practices that shines a light on what we can't see and brings our awareness to it. Now, for many of us, we may not have ever thought consciously about our inner flame and the connection to it and why we need to build, maintain, and cultivate it. And even if we do think consciously about this, we may find that it's difficult, if not impossible, to maintain that connection in the context of our fast pace, ever connected and always on lives. This is where the inner force process comes in. The key is developing a set of practices that allows us to reestablish this connection continuously, not only every day, but actually throughout the day. With attention, with intention and with practice, the connection to our inner force can begin to feel more direct. Our inner flame can start to become more like a roaring fire than a flicker. And it can help fuel our vitality to step more fully into our work and our lives. So let's touch base briefly on how this show is going to work 
Each week, in the first two segments, we'll be discussing a topic. We'll talk about what that topic is, why it matters, and how the topic supports cultivating our connection to ourselves. In the third segment of the show, we'll be in conjunction with New Ventures West, a world-renowned coaching school that has been in business of training coaches for over 30 years. In this segment, a highly skilled faculty member or senior coach will join us to talk about the topic of the week and how it translates into life. So a little bit about New Ventures West. It is one of the oldest and most well-respected coaching schools in the world, dedicated to helping students express their unique calling and make an authentic contribution to life. Steeped in wisdom from philosophy to neurobiology to somatics and beyond, the integral coaching method is an alive, dynamic way of bringing about lasting change in self and others. In addition to their integral coach certification program, New Ventures West offers a variety of personal and professional development classes. So that's what our third segment of the show will be. And then in our fourth and final segment each week, we'll discuss a practice of the week, a way that we can step in and get started right now. So that's a little bit about the nuts and bolts of the show. Along the way, we'll be taking your questions or comments that you can submit to us at info at fuelinterforce.com. We'll also be posting resources that we reference as a part of the shows on the resources page at fuelinterforce.com. So before we go to break, I'd like to read a poem from David White about this process of taking the first step towards yourself, towards starting an internal conversation. If you don't know David White's work, it's amazing. He really is an amazing author and poet. We have links on our website to some of his writings. He speaks absolutely beautifully, and his poems are incredibly powerful to hear actually read by him. So if you ever get a chance to hear him do a poetry reading, take it. What I'm going to do is read his poem entitled Start Close In. Start close in. Don't take the second step or the third. Start with the first thing, close in, the step you don't want to take. Start with the ground you know, the pale ground beneath your feet, your own way of starting the conversation. Start with your own question. Give up on other people's questions. Don't let them smolder something simple. To find another's voice, follow your own voice. Wait until that voice becomes a private ear listening to another. Start right now. Take a small step you can call your own. Don't follow someone else's heroics. Be humble and focused. Start close in. Don't mistake that other for your own. Start close in. Don't take the second step or the third. Start with the first thing close in, the step you don't want to take. That's a poem, again, from David White, River Flow, New and Selected Poems. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back to talk more about why this process, this inner force process, and why taking this step is important, and specifically, why now? Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Inner Force is brought to you by New Ventures West. 
pioneers of the renowned integral coaching method, New Ventures West has been offering transformative training programs for three decades. Their world-class faculty is known for developing masterful coaches who are of genuine service to their clients while staying true to themselves. With a focus on personal transformation and practical wisdom, leaders from all over the world have learned to cultivate greater capacity and fulfillment in their lives and to make a more meaningful contribution to those around them. Learn how integral coaching is applied in business leadership through masterful conversations. A three-day workshop for professionals offered in San Francisco, the Washington, D.C. area, and other cities worldwide. Visit newventureswest.com slash innerforce to explore what is possible. That's newventureswest.com slash innerforce. New Ventures West. Bring your whole self to life. This is Inner Force with Angela King. We'd love to hear your questions and comments on today's show. Please send your questions and comments by email to info at fuelinnerforce.com. Now, back to Inner Force. Welcome back. I'm Angela King, and this is Inner Force. So let's talk explicitly about the why. Why engage in this process? I'd like to actually start with some quotes to bring in some thoughts from others that I believe illustrate the why. The first is from George Mumford, who's the author of The Mindful Athlete, Secrets to Pure Performance, who teaches mindfulness to high-profile sports teams like the Los Angeles Lakers, Chicago Bills, and the New York Knicks. He also teaches mindfulness to senior global executives. In this book, he says, quote, when Michelangelo was asked how he created his masterpieces, he replied that all he did was to chip away to get to the masterpiece that was already inside. I believe that we are all chipping away to get to the masterpiece, even those of us who grew up in the ghetto or on the wrong side of the tracks. We all have the divine spark within us, but we've either crushed it, created an ingenious system for hiding out, or devise ways of being that make us feel separate. I now regard each person I meet as a caterpillar in a chrysalis. In order to become butterflies, we have to break our way into freedom and transformation. Mindfulness is a tool that we can use to do this in the most skillful way. And one of the things we'll do during the course of the next few weeks is demystify mindfulness, help us figure out how we can incorporate it into our days without adding another thing to our to-do list. Now, author uh, Sue Monk Kidd, best known for her book, The Secret Life of Bees, said it this way, quote, you know, you find this little light in yourself, and then, of course, you lose it, and you have to refind it. Jungian analyst James Hollis writes in his book, The Eden Project, quote, the best thing that we can do for our relationship with others is to render our relationship to ourselves more conscious. And Joseph, Joseph Campbell, the great American philosopher and author, said that, quote, the privilege of a lifetime is being who you are. And this is the essence of this inner force invitation, to be connected to yourself so you can be who you are, to live your dream, to make your contribution, and to make your impact that is only yours to make. So another question might be, why does this matter now? And I believe wholeheartedly that the world needs all of us now. In order to meet the challenges of this moment, we need to bring our whole selves to the task and the challenges at hand. 
And accessing our whole selves requires tapping into our inner resources. My greatest hope is, is that the development of the inner force process can be of support to you and other leaders. Because we need deeply skilled leaders who can meet the challenges of this time now more than ever. When we are in connection with the vastness of our inner resources, more of who we are and what we can contribute rises. And goodness knows the meeting of the challenges of this moment requires all of us to rise. Each and every one of us in every corner of the globe has to rise in whatever way we can. It is from our connection to ourselves that we can listen more deeply to our own callings and then bring ourselves out to meet the callings and the challenges of the world. We need to step more fully into ourselves so we can speak our truth. We need to step more fully into ourselves to access all of the inner capacity that we have to listen, even when we disagree, and to hold the difficulty of this moment in our larger world. Many leaders in the mindfulness space have said this in different ways, that we can't solve the problems that we've created in our lives and our world with the same consciousness that created the problems. And wow, do we have some huge challenges in this moment in our history. So this is the invitation here. Our consciousness has to rise in order to meet this moment. Now, one could say that the daunting part of this is that it's an individual by individual by individual call to action. An individual invitation, if you will, to get more connected inside and rise up and to facilitate all that you can bring, not in a reactive way, but in an open way that allows you to voice what's true for you and to actually listen and be able to hear what is true for others. And of course, as daunting as this is, what we can do, what we can control is to start with ourselves. And it starts from within. We can ask ourselves, what can I do? How can I contribute in a different way? This is something we can control. The opportunity here and why I have so much passion around this is through the inner force process, through creating a set of practices that facilitates connecting with ourselves, we can each raise our individual consciousness. This process is about starting to give a roadmap to those who are interested to step in and to start to learn to stay. And I actually believe that's one of the hardest parts. The staying in is actually really tricky when we're up against big challenges in our lives. I'll talk a little bit more about this later in the show, but the bottom line is that my entire life journey has been about this process of finding my own inner flame, finding it and losing it, finding it and losing it, finding it, stepping into it, and then getting scared and running in the other direction. And so given the difficulty that we've talked about in our broader world, I think this is about each of us stepping in and staying this is the moment when we need every person in every corner, no matter who you are, no matter what, we, what you do, we need you. We need you to rise. We need you to step into all that is inside your inner world and to tap into that wisdom, to that energy, to that vitality, and to start to bring it to the world. We need all of us to rise. And it's going to require that we dig deep to dig deep and find the place inside ourselves that knows there's a better way. And from this deep place to begin to listen and begin to act. This is a call to step in and to start with ourselves. It's not about the other person or pointing fingers. It's about what I can do 
what I can bring, what I can influence, and what I can contribute to the whole. In integral coaching, we often ask the question, quote, for the sake of what? And to translate that into this process, it means, what am I doing this for? So ultimately, we're turning in towards ourselves so we can improve our relationship with ourselves, which ultimately will improve relationships with those around us in our work and our lives. And as we each raise our individual consciousness, we can bring ourselves more fully into our work and our life. The time is now. So let's talk about what this isn't. This isn't about being selfish. I hear a lot lately about how selfish we all are. And so I recently looked up the definition of selfish, which is, quote, devoted to or caring for oneself, concerned primarily with one's interests, benefits, and welfare, regardless of others. So yes, of course, in this process, we'll be looking inward, we'll be paying attention to what's going on inside of us. And we'll be doing that with the intention, as we've just talked about, of connecting in, in order to bring more of ourselves to the world, to make the contribution we are each called to make. But this isn't about being selfish. It's about connecting in with ourselves and then connecting with others from there, from the grounded place inside. It isn't about self-promotion. And sure, there's times for that, but that's not what this is about. In this process, we'll be looking at the tough stuff within ourselves that gets in our way. So trust me, it's not going to be about self-promoting. It'll be about seeing the truth of ourselves more clearly and actually, we'll need to bring copious amounts of self-compassion to ourselves as we do it. This isn't related to the selfies movement. Someone asked me about that a few days ago. It's not that. Selfies are great. I don't have anything against them. But people say all the time, you know, we're getting so self-absorbed. All we're doing is taking pictures of ourselves and then posting them. What I'm doing, what I'm eating, who I'm with. This isn't about creating some perfect presentation to show the external world of what we're doing or what we want the external world to see. In this process, we're engaging in the opposite. We'll be tapping into the quiet inside ourselves, taking a break from posting what we're up to and hoping for likes. Now, again, this isn't to say that the connection with others isn't important. As we mentioned earlier, connection with others is vital. It's vital for our well-being and in order for us to thrive. But when that connection with other doesn't come from a place of grounding inside each of us, it has the potential, and I'm not saying that this is always true, but it has the potential to go really sideways. Because when we're disconnected internally, it's hard to be connected externally in a grounded way. In my experience, in my own journey, and with client after client after client, what I have seen is when this shifts, everything shifts. What I'd also like to say is that we're all uniquely positioned to contribute in this lifetime in a certain way. And this unique positioning comes from the whole of us, which is why we have to begin to honor and accept and attend to the whole of us, to the three main centers of our mind, our heart, and our body. Our unique positioning doesn't come only from the parts we are proud of. It also comes from our pain, our suffering, the depths of our fears, our difficulty, and even our traumas. What we can bring to the world at the deepest level comes from all of it, from the entirety of us and our experience. Everything needs to be included and to be integrated. It is in the integration that we cut through the challenge of experiences, digesting them, 
and using the fruit of those experiences, no matter how challenging they may be, to be the ground for our contribution to the world. Now, I used to talk about bringing my best self to life. And while I think that's a lovely intention and one I've held held personally for years, it's not as powerful as bringing the whole of ourselves, the integrated whole, to our work and our lives. That is when our transformation skyrockets. That's when everything rises. And let's be clear, it takes courage and grit and support, both internal and external support. It has the potential to change our lives and the lives of those around us. And when we step into it in this way, including the whole, we have the potential to change the world. So again, back to the, the question, for the sake of what? This isn't an end unto itself. I'd like to bring in the quote from Howard Thurman that I love. He said, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do it. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. Now, we need to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'll be sharing candidly what worked and what didn't about applying this process to myself in my work as a leader at Apple during my 12 years there in our New Ventures West segment coming up next. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be right back. Inner Force is brought to you by New Ventures West. Pioneers of the renowned integral coaching method, New Ventures West has been offering transformative training programs for three decades. Their world-class faculty is known for developing masterful coaches who are of genuine service to their clients while staying true to themselves. With a focus on personal transformation and practical wisdom, leaders from all over the world have learned to cultivate greater capacity and fulfillment in their lives and to make a more meaningful contribution to those around them. Learn how integral coaching is applied in business leadership through masterful conversations. A three-day workshop for professionals offered in San Francisco, the Washington, D.C. area, and other cities worldwide. Visit newventureswest.com slash innerforce to explore what is possible. That's newventureswest.com slash innerforce. New Ventures West. Bring your whole self to life. This is Inner Force with Angela King. We'd love to hear your questions and comments on today's show. Please send your questions and comments by email to info at fuelinnerforce.com. Now, back to Inner Force. Welcome back. I'm Angela King, and this is Inner Force. So each week in this third segment of the show, this will be in conjunction with New Ventures West. And again, New Ventures West is one of the oldest and most well-respected coaching schools in the world, dedicated to students, helping them to express their unique calling and make an authentic contribution to life. So on an ongoing basis, this segment will be hosted by me in conjunction with a member of the New Ventures West community, either a faculty member or a senior coach who will join us to talk about the topic and how it applies in the real world. Today, I'm actually playing both roles as host and also as graduate of New Ventures West. I'm going to be sharing the real-life application of this in my professional experience. I'll be sharing candidly what worked and what didn't about applying this process to myself in my work as a leader at Apple during my 12 years there. So the brief snapshot is that I actually started my career at Bain & Company as a consultant. 
And then after a brief stop at Gap Inc. and an internet company, I joined the team at Apple in the year 2000 to launch the Apple retail stores. At that time, the retail stores were just an idea on paper. And at age 26, I was reporting directly to the senior vice president and head of retail at the time running special projects. I had quite a bit of responsibility without the title to go with it. My leadership had to be all about influence. And it was in my 12 years at Apple that I began to really start to understand what it takes to be an effective leader and particularly a young, effective female leader. And I struggled as I did it. So at Bain, what we would always say is start with the answer first. And in this context, I think that means sharing upfront what worked and supported me in my career and what didn't. So I'll start there and then I'll share a couple of stories. Now, in retrospect, I can look back at my corporate career and make sense of the ways in which I developed a small set of practices that were the foundational support which enabled me to sustain high performance levels throughout my career. These small set of practices literally kept me in the game, which was beyond exhausting, stressful, and intense. But they also weren't enough to keep me from losing the connection to myself. And the irony of my story is that if you would have looked at my life from the outside, you might have said, wow, she has an amazing job. She travels the world for work and for play, et cetera, et cetera. But the truth was a part of me was dying inside. The flame that I'm speaking about now was barely flickering. And the only thing that kept the fire lit at all, which was my few practices, which were super supportive, but not nearly enough. So let's talk a little bit about what worked and what didn't. What was critical for me was having a short exercise routine that strengthened my body, invited me to breathe more consciously, and also allowed me to center myself. Short, of course, was key because I was super busy. I needed something I could do in 20 minutes, anytime, anywhere. This was my baseline of sanity. It was my fuel. And when I couldn't get that in and only saved it to the weekend, that didn't work. I needed my fuel every day. I also needed a way to get that fuel throughout the day. And, you know, at the time, I didn't even understand that was important. I did my, my sanity practices in the morning, and then that's what, that was it. I didn't have a way to refuel throughout the day, and that's a key step that we've built into the inner force process. What worked was also having some strat what I called strategy time built into my schedule every week so I could think forward as a leader and plan. This was a form of fuel for me. Having a plan and then adjusting when we got in the middle of a fire drill, which always happened, seemed to save me time. And I couldn't get it in consistently, so that was the part that didn't work. I often blocked off three hours a week for this, and I was really lucky if I could squeeze in 30 minutes or get it in at all. But when I could, it really saved me. And it created some reflection time, actually. And I now know those that reflection time as being super important, both as a leader and uh, personally. So there were a couple of practices that I started to use. I have different names for them now. Um, one that I'll call that we call in integral coaching a self-remembering practice. And this was a way that I, that I used to figure out how to get myself out of the wrong job and into one that was a better fit. So, 
and this is another one, this is super tactical, right? But I, what worked was loading up on fresh, healthy snacks to have at the office. So I could literally fuel my body in between whatever fire drill might be taking place. What never worked was skipping meals and eating out of the vending machine in order to deal with the crisis of the moment and get more done. That always inevitably backfired. And I, you know, I work with executives now and leaders who say, I don't have time to eat, you know, and this is one of our basic human needs. So that's an important part of knowing what we need to fuel our physical body. That's an important part of this process. What I also uh, realized was important at some point late in my career at Outfall was recovering one of my interests outside of work, which early in the early days at Bain, I set all my hobbies aside and didn't do anything um, outside of work, really. And so I reincorporated reincorporated photography into my life. Um, and that really helped be a, a mode of sustaining myself while I was out traveling like crazy to just get a few minutes early in the morning often before I went out for my day to take a few pictures of this new city I was in was something that was a really a beautiful form of fuel. And now I have memories of all of those places. So when I first started out my career at Bain, I dropped everything I cared about outside of work, and that led to burnout. So also, over the course of my career in the corporate world, I received all kinds of feedback about my leadership style. I was everything from too aggressive to too soft and everything in between. And somewhere along the way, I realized that the only one who could figure out my leadership style and what was going to work best for me was me. That was actually my role. I had to figure that out. And if I could, I'd be more effective. And this is when I started to turn inward to discover even what that meant. And after launching the first two Apple retail stores in May of 2001, I said to a men mentor of mine who is now a dear friend, I believe all of the answers are inside. I just have to get quiet enough to hear them. But I had no idea how. She sent me, very wise woman, to understand what meditation was and how it could support me. What I'll also share is I had been a runner my whole life. Running provided my sanity, but with the hours I was working and traveling, it was unrealistic to run every day. I wasn't willing to run in the dark at 5 a.m. in a city I didn't know, and often if I was staying at some small hotel, they didn't have a gym or certainly wasn't open at 5 a.m. when I actually needed it. So this is when I started going to yoga. And after going to a series of classes and working with a DVD for a while, I memorized a short 20-minute routine that I could do anywhere. With yoga, I learned that the voice in my head was quieter when I was concentrating so hard on twisting myself into a pretzel. I also noticed that whenever I finished doing yoga, I felt like I had literally taken my first conscious breath since my last yoga practice. I also began a minimal meditation practice, and sometimes all I got in was two minutes before I checked my email in the morning. I felt it was always important to do it before email, because once I got into me email, it was all over. And in just those two minutes, I began to cultivate what I now know as the observer, beginning to notice the nature of my thoughts. And this unlocked all kinds of learning for me. So these two, these were my regular practices, and they created huge support for me during my years at Apple, particularly as I stepped into my most difficult role there, which was managing the real estate deal pipeline in 12 countries outside of North America and the expansion of the retail stores. It was totally nuts. The tight time frames, the roller coaster nature of the deal cycle itself, and the always-on 24-hour international clock. 
in those years, I can't even imagine that I really did this, but I was traveling an average of 300,000 miles a year, which meant I was at airports like SFO and Heathrow and Narita way more than I went to the grocery store. And I began to get very far away from myself. And although I had created this short process to start my day with my yoga and my meditation, I didn't have a process to come back to myself during the course of my day, which is now what I know I needed. What was also true that inherently the work I had landed in by some random course of events was not aligned with my core set of strengths. And after doing it for just a couple of years, despite my practices, I was a shell of myself. And this is when I started this turn inward, stepping into some self-inquiry during the little moments of downtime that I had. And in this process, I would, what I was trying to remember was what are my core strengths? What am I actually good at? Which is the process that I referenced earlier, what we now call uh, self-remembering and integral coaching. To do this, I actually had a series of conversations with people who knew me best in my career. And I also did some tests to remind myself of my strengths. And when I looked at the answers from that inquiry versus the work I was doing, it was super clear that I needed to make an important change. So I had an absolutely unthinkable conversation with my boss and told him that he had me in the wrong job. We were so under-resourced at the time and trying to do an incredible amount with just a few of us. So this conversation, it took every ounce of courage that I had. I remember that I was shaking both inside and visibly. I was sure I was going to be fired, but I knew that if I continued as I was, I was also sure that I would end up throwing my phone in the fountain like at the end of the Devil Wears Prada movie, and I didn't want my career at Apple to end that way. He certainly wasn't pleased with what I was suggesting, but... When I said to him, look, I'm doing a decent job at this, but Apple needs the best in the world. And I'm particularly good at something else, which is over here. Please let me go do that. And to my surprise, he did. I then took on an even deeper inquiry of what I needed in order to flourish. I created a simple system that didn't take very much time, which helped me keep functioning at a high level amidst the chaos, stress, and grueling travel schedule. Ultimately, I started practicing more of what we will inquire into in the inner force process. Before we go to break, I'd like to share a quote from the great teacher Jack Kornfield, who said, quote, there's a kind of conversation you can have if you quiet yourself. So the first thing is to look for moments in the day and times when you can build in to come back with respect and listen to yourself. And the people who find their way to quiet themselves, they find their own art just as they learn to cook just as they learn how to drive. They can learn an inner art and find a practice that works for them. As a part of the inner force process, each week we'll introduce a suggested practice of the week that supports the topic that we've covered. These suggestions are a way to step in, but ultimately, of course, it's up to you to decide to step in and to experiment and find what works for you. We gotta take a quick break and we'll be back for our final segment in which we'll discuss how we get started what we'll encounter along the way, and we'll introduce our practice of the week. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Inner Force is brought to you by New Ventures West. Pioneers of the renowned integral coaching method, New Ventures West has been offering transformative training programs for three decades. Their world-class faculty is known for developing masterful coaches who are of genuine service to their clients while staying true to themselves. With a focus on personal transformation and practical wisdom, leaders from all over the world have learned to cultivate greater capacity and fulfillment in their lives. 
and to make a more meaningful contribution to those around them. Learn how integral coaching is applied in business leadership through masterful conversations. A three-day workshop for professionals offered in San Francisco, the Washington, D.C. area, and other cities worldwide. Visit newventureswest.com slash innerforce to explore what is possible. That's newventureswest.com slash innerforce. New Ventures West. Bring your whole self to life. This is Innerforce with Angela King. We'd love to hear your questions and comments on today's show. Please send your questions and comments by email to info at fuelinnerforce.com. Now, back to Innerforce. Welcome back. I'm Angela King, and this is Innerforce. Through the journey of the Innerforce process, we will be bringing things that sit outside our current consciousness into our active consciousness. Over and over again, we'll be exploring every topic to make the unconscious conscious. As we said earlier, this is an invitation into more of yourself. Stepping into this invitation requires exploring the three main centers of our being, our head, our heart, and our body. And through these centers, we'll take up a series of explorations, experiments, and inquiries that results in making the unconscious conscious. Our habitual patterns, our beliefs about ourselves. We'll talk about the cycle of change and how introducing new practices supports this process. We'll inquire into the physical tool of our body and learn how engaging our body supports this process through our breath, understanding our inner states, and what we need to raise the levels of the fuel in our fuel tank and function at our best. Along the way, we'll demystify what mindfulness is, talk about why it matters, and discuss why learning to focus our attention is one of the greatest superpowers that we all have. We'll explore what it takes to truly nourish ourselves and why nourishment is tied to the actualization of the contribution that we want to make. We'll address the voices in our heads, including our fears, and we'll talk about how knowing and embracing our feelings matters to our effectiveness. And we'll also address how we can create more agency for ourselves as we step into our transformation. Now, this is quite a journey we'll go on together, and it's important that we know what we'll encounter along the way as we go. When I spoke to James Flaherty about this process, he's the founder of New Ventures West, and he'll be with us in a few weeks. He talked about the strata of what we will encounter along the way, which had me come to the idea of the analogy of the earth. So if you can picture that we're venturing into the core of ourselves, and as we do that, we're going to encounter all kinds of layers from the external to the internal, such as if you think about our external personality later that we show the world, to the feelings that lie underneath that, to thought patterns, to physical sensations. And going through these layers can be super uncomfortable, which is why we often turn away and focus externally because it's easier. As we look inward, we often encounter difficulty. We will encounter our inner turmoil. And this is what makes cultivating an inner life challenging. We'll encounter various internal voices. And the good news is that we'll learn to pick out the one that is our true voice, the one that speaks the truth versus the one that criticizes us. That's a super important part of the journey. 
So what are these layers? It can look like feeling into actually how tired and exhausted we are. Maybe how anxious we feel, how resentment we, how resentful we feel, and all kinds of other unpleasant emotions, which is why we often find it easier to distract ourselves with our phones or social media or TV instead of choosing to sit with ourselves and look inward. So yes, it is going to be difficult. And as we go along, we'll talk about what we can do to support ourselves in the difficulty. And we'll actually learn that we can rely on our body in new ways to help us hold the difficulty which is a really great thing that we can start to discover. So what are some of the things that help? So one thing that helps is the stance of curiosity. The definition of curiosity is a strong desire to know or learn something. Synonyms of curiosity include interest, spirit of inquiry, and inquisitiveness. We can use all of these as a way to approach this process. I'd also like to introduce the concept of our inner fuel tank which we'll talk about in a few shows down the road. When our car is running low on gas, what do we do? We take ourselves to the gas station. We spend the extra five minutes it takes to fuel up our car. If we don't, we end up on the side of the road and we lose more time. We lose several hours. But with ourselves, when our fuel tank is empty, we keep pushing and pushing and going and going. Again, I work with executives all the time who say, I don't have time to eat lunch. My team needs me. There's too much going on. Or some days, sometimes my day is so packed that I forget or choose not to go to the bathroom. I mean, it's just, this is real. And it's also really not sustainable to ignore our basic needs. So given all these demands in our lives and the, the intensity, the pace that we're running at, we're often running our fuel tank on empty. And it's critical that we start to do things every day and again throughout the day in order to put fuel in our tank. So we'll ask these questions along the way of how can we monitor the fuel levels and how do we actually fuel our fuel tank? What does it take? How much do I need? What's specific to me that will uh, help me be at my best? A dear friend and former colleague of mine once said that when she hears the term self-care, what she hears is selfish. And that makes her not want to engage in self-care because that would make her selfish. So what if we reframe self-care to fueling up? We all need fuel. The question is what kind, when, and how much do we need? And learning the answers to this is what the inner force process is all about. And I just asked a question, like, what would it look like if we could revolutionize the way that we work and live? Not by working and then taking a break for self-care or working ourselves past the point of exhaustion, getting sick, collapse, but working and living in a more sustainable way working and living while we breathe, while we take the short pauses that we need, while we take care of our basic needs. How can work and taking our care of ourselves and fueling up be integrated instead of separate? This is the question that we'll inquire into as we go on this process. We also need support along the way for this journey. And so we'll be asking who in my life can support me as I step into this. We'll ask you to recruit someone who can support you on this journey. Who in your life can listen in an objective way? And if you don't have this person currently, think of how you might engage someone who you trust to listen. We'll talk more about this next week. And how can we take what we learn out into our lives? We all know the famous 
Einstein quote, the definition of being of insanity is doing the same things over and over again and expecting different results. We'll talk more next week about the power of practices and how new practices are the key to creating the change in our lives that we want to see. So as I mentioned earlier, we'll each week we'll introduce a new practice. And this week's practice is, practice of the week is the, a two-minute one-on-one meeting with yourself. So we all have a, some way that we check in with a team member or uh, manage a team, for example, to have a one-on-one. So whatever your mechanism, the inner force invitation here is to create some space in your day to do a check-in, but to do it with yourself. So the idea is daily, whenever works for you, create a cue in order to remember, consider picking the same time every day or adding it to an existing habit like while you make the coffee. How you do it is connect to your breath, inhale and exhale roughly 10 times, and then ask yourself this question. What is one thing I could do today to put fuel in my tank? This takes just two minutes to do, if not less. So that's the practice. And it's uh, a recap of it is up on our website. You can go to fuelinnerforce.com to get the recap of the practice. And you can also submit your questions and comments there. We'd love to hear from you. The journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. That's a Chinese proverb. We hope you'll decide right now to take a step inwards toward yourself by taking these few deep breaths and asking yourself a self-reflection question. So that concludes our show for today. We hope you'll join us next week here on the Voice America Business Channel at Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern and 1 p.m. Pacific. Next week, we'll be talking about the power of taking up new practices and how intentional practice supports our connection with ourselves. We'll be joined by Julie Engel, who is a member of the New Ventures West faculty and has three decades of experience as an executive coach, organizational development consultant, facilitator, and trainer. We hope you'll join us then. The most important connection you have is the one that you cultivate with yourself. Connect, ignite, rise. I'm Angela King, and this is Inner Force. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you for tuning in this week to Inner Force. Be sure to join host Angela King for another program next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Inner Force. Connect. Ignite. Rise.